Good afternoon. Good afternoon. My name is Ian Vasquez. I direct the Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. Before we begin, uh, I would like to ask all of you to please turn off your uh, cell phones during this presentation because it interferes with, with the <coughs> speaking system. In May of last year, uh, when the Venezuelan government ended its license of RCTV, which is the biggest uh, independent television station in Venezuela, it was only the latest of basic liberties uh, that Hugo Chavez had violated during his eight years in office. Chavez, during this time, has steadily uh, decreased political, economic, and civil liberties. But the closing of RCTV proved to be uh, the spark, uh, uh, the trigger for the emergence of a nationwide uh, student movement that included uh, students from public and private universities who very strongly disagreed with the direction in which their country uh, was going. What followed was a series of, of marches that were organized by the students in Caracas and throughout the country that grew to include hundreds of thousands uh, of students and other uh, citizens, all protesting the concentration of political power in general, and specifically President Chavez's uh, proposals to amend the Constitution in a way that would turn the country into <laughs> a, Venezuela, a uh, socialist state. The student movement provided a different vision, though, for the future of Venezuelan society, one based on optimism, uh, on a vision of human rights, democracy, and opportunity. And it did so in creative uh, ways and in ways consistent with uh, civil nonviolent actions that also had a broad appeal uh, with Venezuelan uh, society. Because of the students, a disorganized, ineffective uh, Venezuelan opposition was able to come together and do uh, and achieve what uh, many consider to be uh, impossible, <laughs> and that is uh, the victory of the no vote on the referendum uh, of Chavez's uh, uh, reforms. This <coughs> was a huge blow for liberty in Venezuela and throughout Latin America. Before and during the referendum, the student movement played key roles uh, in public and behind the scenes uh, to assure the public uh, that there was a viable future for democracy in their country uh, and also to make the cost of fraud uh, too expensive even for the, uh, for, the, for the government to accept. It's fair to say that uh, without the students, Chavez would have declared victory and the country today would be headed uh, towards becoming a socialist state. So I'm very honored to have with us today the leader of that uh, movement, Jon Goicochea, and two of his Venezuelan uh, colleagues. Today, the political outlook in Venezuela is very different than it was just a few months ago, with the government facing growing economic problems and uh, political opposition. In the rest of the region, uh, Chavez's image has also changed. I was able to witness that uh, just two months ago <laughs> Uh, when I travel with my, with my Cato colleague, Gabriela Calderon, from Ecuador, to Bolivia, uh, where we accompanied uh, Jon Goicochea, Gustavo Tobar, and Geraldine Alvarez, another uh, Venezuelan student uh, movement uh, member. And everywhere we went, Jon and his colleagues were treated as heroes. Uh, the victory of the no vote in Venezuela really breathed new life into the opposition movement in uh, Bolivia. And it was clear from our meetings with students throughout the country and with uh, young people in, in Bolivia that there was an emergence of uh, uh, a student movement taking place there 
too. The Bolivian government, of course, was not happy uh, with, this, with this visit. And we were harassed along the way. They were taking pictures of us, filming us. They stopped us at one point and took our passports, uh, threatened to kick us, kick us out of the country, and so on. I tell the story to give, uh, to give a sense of the impact that Yon and the student movement have had throughout the, the region and to highlight the fact that this ideological debate between the populists and the modernizers in Latin America is still very much being uh, fought out. So it is my pleasure now to introduce the people who have done the most to engage in this debate on the side of, of modernity and on many occasions placing their own uh, lives at risk. I will begin uh, by introducing Gustavo Tovar, uh, who will speak first, and then, uh, and then Jan will speak. Gustavo uh, has been a, a human rights activist uh, for many years in, in Venezuela. He's been a professor at the, at the university and uh, for many years uh, has been an advisor and a very active participant uh, with, the, with the student movement. He wrote the book on, uh, called Students for Liberty in Spanish that just came out in November, telling the story of, of the, the student movement, the philosophy, the, the methods that uh, have been adopted and sort of their, their vision. That book sold out almost immediately when it came out, and uh, a new edition will be coming out soon in Caracas. Uh, <clears throat> he's still very active in, in uh, the, the political opposition, but mostly in, in the human rights movement in, in Caracas. Please <coughs> help me welcome Gustavo Tovar. Thank you. There? Well, thank you very much. Uh, this is a challenge for us. And I would rather be kind of funny in my speech because as we don't handle very well the language, uh, and our main purpose in the movement is something about language. We believe what... Uh, a poet, a Mexican poet, said a long time ago, his name is Octavio Paz. He received the Nobel Prize for Literature in year 1990. He said that in order to change politics, we have to change the language. And I believe that our main dissemination for the recent Venezuelan struggle is to change the language. Yes, when we went to Bolivia like one or two months ago, we, we had this very strange um, and weird experience because the government wanted, wanted to throw us out of the country. And I remember that John, Ian, and me were, you know, at the beginning, we're, we, we didn't know what to do. When they say, well, if you talk about our president or if you talk, even if you talk bad about Mr. Chavez, you will be thrown out of the country. And I remember that John said, uh, me talking bad about Chavez? Never, you know. And... Yes, when you handle the language, you can 
inspire people. So I believe your president, Mr. George Bush, cannot have, will not have any problems with us because we don't handle the language. So I don't believe we, we've we will not bother him. But we don't believe in war. We believe we we believe in nonviolence, as Martin Luther King. We believe in human rights, and that is our language. In the year. 2002 in Venezuela, we have an etat au coup. That day, 20 young guys died in the streets when the president and the elite, the Venezuelan elite, were fighting for a chair, the president chair. That day, we were in the streets. People from Venezuela were in the streets fighting for values, fighting for ideas, ideals, fighting for liberty. I am in the opposition side, but I recognize the government side. And they were fighting also that day, April 11, they were fighting for what they believe was democracy or liberty. And we were doing the same. But the elites were fighting to, to get into the government or to run the country. That day, as I lost one friend, close friend, me and some other friends decide to do something, something for the country. So we got together, we left everything behind, I mean, our professions, our whatever, and started to work to build or rebuild a country. And we found out that our main problem is that we couldn't talk to each other. In Venezuela, you have like... Uh, a very deep, unbelievable deep problem. It is the social uh, exclusion. How do you say exclusion? Social exclusion. It is an unbelievable deep problem. Very deep. I say deep, and it is much, much deeper. Uh, that is our main problem. Our main problem is not Mr. Chavez. Our main problem is not... Uh, his government, his terrible government. Our main problem is our poverty and our social exclusion. So we don't talk to each other. In order to talk to each other, we, we need values. And we found out that those values were human rights. The 30 rights and liberties that you get from the Universal Declaration. So at that time, I was, I was giving classes in, in schools and one university, and I decided to change. I said, well, if I want to do something for my country, I, I would love to do it with young people, young guys. And I started to give uh, seminars and... Uh, conference about human rights, but I was so boring as I am 
now. So, so boring. And I said, well, how do I get in touch with these guys? How do I understand these guys? So I decided to, to study. So I came back to the university. And I, understand, I understood that time that I needed to, to put rock and roll in the knowledge, in the values, to put rock and roll. Uh, well, we say salsa is our music there. It's, you know, you dance like uh, dirty dancing. Um, because they, they, you know, they were so boring. I, I, I didn't find the, so bored, I mean, so bored. Uh, I didn't find a way to get in touch with them. And then I found the U2 way. U2 is a, a rock and roll group, very known, um, very, very known. Bono is a, an icon, a pop icon. So I found the U2 way to teach human rights and to get involved with them. And then being one of them, because they don't treat me at all as, you know, somebody else. I am one of them. I do the same things that they do. I, I paint my hands. I uh, paint T-shirts. I recently in the UCV, Central University um, elections, I, I had to also, you know, paint uh, how do you call those carteles? Uh, posters. Posters, posters, banners. Uh, I do the same that they do, the same. Because it is a generational problem, and we, we have to dialogue. And as we are non-violence people, we have to seed our principles or our, our, our values with our acts. So this is very important because in Venezuela, you will find a lot of people who say, well, you have to throw Chavez out of this country and, you know, you have to uh, step on him. No, we don't believe in that. We are trying to rebuild a society. And as the nonviolence method uh, teaches, we, we are the example of our values. And if we talk about democracy, we dialogue. And if we talk about uh, integrity, we resist. We don't respond to the violence. Because as I told you, our main problem is social exclusion. That social exclusion today is used as an argument for the government, the government to exclude more people, to discriminate more people, and to attack more people. So we cannot attack the violence. We have to transform the human being, showing us as an example of what we believe. And that's, that is what we did. My, my role in this movement was to talk as Bono 
in, about human rights. My, my friend um, Ian saw me just five minutes ago and said, well, I do not recognize you with a tie. I wear a Boeing. Boeing, you say Boeing? Right. Like the Che, but I'm not the Che. I don't believe in communism. I don't believe in socialism. <laughs> but I am the, the, you know, that's a very folk thing in Latin America. But to get in touch with these guys who are very strong and, and you know, they argue all the time, I had to have this figure, you know, and maybe they, w they would respect as a as an icon, but I was not an icon. I am somebody else who believe strongly believe in human in humanism as not as in the 15th or 14th century. In a way, yes, because we recognize the other, but we we believe in the new humanism, and it and that is one one thing that we try to give the word. The new humanism for us is to know the 30 rights and liberties that we have in the Universal Declaration. And we are trying, we are trying to disseminate that in our country in, and, and also in other countries. And we also believe in one thing, liberty. That is our first and most important goal, liberty. And I, we had this uh, definition for liberty, which is that we, liberty is the possibility for a human being to choose and to reach his goals, his dreams. And the only limit, limit for liberty are are the human rights and the liberty that we find in the declaration of the of the, in the universal declaration our concept of liberty was i took it from a discussion that manuela bolivar uh, who is here with us she is the daughter of one uh, let us say can I say Chavist governor? He wouldn't like that, but he used to be. His father was used to be uh, uh, an official member, a very well-known official member. Uh, she is not. But she was with us, and she, we, we respect that. And we understood and learned to respect the, the, the government through her through her experience. So her and somebody from the public university had this strong, unbelievable strong uh, discussion, and they were yelling at each other, but not personal yelling. It was argument. They were debating. So in that strong and very difficult moment, they said, well, what do, you, what do you think about liberty? And the other guy said, well, liberty is this. And she said... No, liberty is this. Well, we have to find a way to have an agreement about liberty here. The day after that experience, we had to go to, to a huge demonstration 
and we were talking about liberty in that, but we, we didn't have this, the same definition. So they were yelling at each other, and they got a definition. And me, who were there, just wrote it. And I believe it's the most beautiful, most beautiful seed of this movement. Their liberty, anelo. Ring? Anelo? Anelo. Aspiration. The liberty aspiration. Here you will listen to one of my most admire and respectful friends, John. With him, we have debate, discuss many things. But I just, as I have to, time is up. I just want to let you know something for the Venezuelan people who are here. My friend John and my friend Freddy Guevara, last December 2nd, when we, we, when we had this uh, uh, election about the Constitution, saved the country. In the next edition of the book, this is a book, you will find out why. But they saved the country. The... He were not going to talk about that, but I wanted you to know that. He was not going to talk about it. Um, the leaders of the past was just about to say that Chavez won. The leaders of the, of the past. These guys said, well... You can say whatever you want to say. We are going to the streets. We know that we won. And you will have to do what we do, what we want to do, because we, what we are supported by the truth. I, we don't know what supports you. And that day, our history changed. So John came to us and tell our friends how our experience was. Thank you very much, and thank you. Yes. Thank you, Gustavo. Jon Goicochea is a law student at the uh, Andres Bello Catholic University in, in Caracas, and he, up until just a few weeks ago, was the, was the head, the president of the Venezuelan Student Parliament, which is a national parliament that they set up uh, last year. There were new elections He's graduating this year, so now uh, Geraldine Alvarez has taken her his place. And uh, uh, he's also been a, a member of the model uh, UN <coughs> club, right, a while back. Uh, but he's much better known in Venezuela and in Latin America for the role he played uh, all of last year and right up until the, the, the rejection of, of the referendum. Uh, he really is a person in high demand, and uh, 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 when he was coming to to, uh, to Bolivia with us a couple of, of months ago, he went through Miami, and even on the streets of Miami, he was stopped by people uh, who were had tears in their eyes for what uh, he was able to accomplish. So, please.
please help me welcome Jan Goikochea. Well, hi. I'm sorry about my English because it's terrible, so I'm not perfectly comfortable with the language, so I, I'll try to speak the most... Um, the most proper as possible, but I don't speak English very well, so I please, I ask you to understand. Uh, well, I'm go uh, let's talk about the movement origins, because generally people is interested in is interested in how did we do to to conform the the movement, and it is not that difficult. We just work together for three or four four years. Uh, I mean, together between the universities in several activities, academical activities, some protests that we made uh, together in the past without the public relevance that, that took the last protest that we made. But uh, we were traveling in a new Venezuela, in a new way to, to see reality, and we were traveling together between universities. Therefore, with uh, with the closure of RCTV, which was the bigger TV channel in Venezuela, well, we decided to go to streets, and we decided to go to streets because RCTV it was a public institution in Venezuela with uh, uh, with a huge history and very linked to the democratic uh, history of Venezuela. Therefore, with the closure of RCTV, the youth in Venezuela, even the chavist the chavistas, that. Uh, were deeply touched by, by, by that closure. Touched because we lost a part of our liberty. We lost the opportunity to see a TV channel. We lost the opportunity to not see a TV channel. We lost the opportunity to have that, to choose what you want to see. That, uh, that lack of freedom of expression, it was a very important uh, motivation to us as a youth people to go to street. When you... Uh, eliminate freedom of expression in a country, you are very near to the totalitarianism or you are in a totalitarianism. And that was the feeling of the general population in Venezuela. We are very near to, popul to, to totalitarianism when we have the most important channel of, of TV closed and closed because the president of the republic wanted to, to be closed. Therefore, we went to the streets. There wasn't a plan, there wasn't a CIA office plan to defeat Chavez, and we weren't uh, very high-trained terrorists to defeat the government. We weren't. We weren't uh, terrorists to defeat the government. We just are and were youth people, young people that want liberty in, in the country, that doesn't want to see TV channels close. It is very simple. So there's, there is the, or, the origin of, of the, the student movement in Venezuela. There was a, a combination of, of frustrations of the, of the youthness in Venezuela that uh, conclude with the closure of RCTV. A combination of elements that make us go and take part into the public uh, debate in Venezuela. Um, then, well, we just made... Uh, more or less 45 uh, public demonstrations like uh, marches. Do you say march? Yeah, marches. Uh, we made uh, creative activities. We wanted to send a new message in through medias, to, to public communication medias. And we made this movement for six months from the, the RCTV closure 
to the uh, um, elections of the reform, of the constitutional reform. We made 45 public demonstrations the, the, with, with thousands of students in the streets in Caracas and sim simultaneously with students in other cities of the country which had the same set feelings that us. We have this uh, extraordinary professor in Venezuela, Germán uh, Carrera Damas, uh, who was a dip uh, diplomat uh, functioner of, of, the, of, the, of Venezuela, who says that democracy, are, there are not two same uh, concepts of democracy. Probably if you ask me what is democracy for me, I have my own, con uh, my own concept. And if I ask the miss that I had... Uh, in front of me, what is democracy for you? You have another concept different. But the, the, this professor of mine says that everyone feels the same when feels about democracy. You think about another thing, a, 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 a different concept, but you feel the same. Democracy and liberty are concepts that intellectually are very difficult to define, but spiritually, emotionally, are the same because are very linked to our humanity, are very linked uh, to our essence. It's very linked to what we are as a human beings. So, in this, in, this, uh, in this sense, we just ask for liberty. Liberty, the liberty for all. The liberty for Chavistas, the liberty for opposition, the liberty to think differently. Because in Venezuela, we had an apartheid system between classes. We have a terrible exclusion in classes that comes from... 50, I, don't, I, I won't say 50 years, but 30, 30 years or 20 years before Chavez, a terrible system of exclusion in which liberal institutions weren't, weren't capable to achieve all the, all, all the population in Venezuela. Not all the population in Venezuela had liberal institutions before Chavez. Not, the, the institutions now are not going to people either, but... Chavez is a consequence, Chavez is a product of an exclusion that exists, that exists and that it is undeniable. With, if we deny the exclusion in Venezuela, we are denying the existence of Hugo Chavez. And we are denying the existence of, and deny existence of Hugo Chavez, it is denying the existence of a, half of, a, of a half of a population in Venezuela that supports him. So we, the, the first thing that we said when we w went to street is, I respect the other part. I respect you. I respect that you think differently. And even if I don't like Hugo Chavez, he's the president. He's the president because he won elections. That's, that's why. And the other part are Venezuelans. And the other part has all the rights to be Chavistas if, if they want to say. But I have the right to not be in. I have the right to not be Chavista if I don't want to be Chavista. And I am as Venezuela, as Venezuelan, as anywhere else. So that was the message, the message, very simple. Venezuelans want liberty. The, the, the opposition in Venezuela wants to be recognized as Venezuelan with the same rights. And we are not able and we are not willing to, to stand a regime of exclusion, a new exclusion in Venezuela. Because the poverty and the exclusion in Venezuela, it won't be solved with the revenge It is not that the, those classes that were excluded in the past are going to exclude the, the classes that, were exclu that exclude them in the past. No? It, it is not a revenge thing. It is, th it is a thing of reconciliation. And therefore, the reconciliation, the forgiveness, 
it was our message. The forgiveness between classes to go forward as a country. Because if the country is this table, and one, and one pull the table to the right, and, and the other pull the table to the left, probably the table, it won't go forward anywhere. So we want Venezuela to go forward. And we think that we have to do some little... Uh, We have to be agree in some little things and principles and values to go forward. That principles and that values that in, in which all, all, all of us are agree, usually we call constitution. The constitution, it is no, not more that all those values in which we are agree. And therefore, we decided to fight against the reform of constitution that President Hugo Chavez proposed to the people of Venezuela. Because that proposal to the people of Venezuela, it was extraordinary excluent. Excluent? Did you say that? Excluent. So, um, beside of, of, the, of, those, of all those considerations of socialism, the fact of creating a constitution to keep silent a half of, of a country, that is terrible. And that is totalitarianism. And therefore... A movement as, as our movement, which contains or which members are socialist in some cases and liberal as me in other cases, for example. We have my, my partner names is Stalin, Stalin Gonzalez, because his family, his family is communist from from the communist more radical of Venezuela. So and it was my partner because democracy, democracy has no ideologies because life it is not a thing of ideologies because death it is not a thing of ideologies and if a country in where in, 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 a, in a city as like Caracas in where 100 people died because of the crime weekly every week 100 people die in streets in Caracas because crime more than the people who dies in Iraq in a country in which the poverty reaches the highest majorities of, of, of a society in a country in which the corruption it is, has, has taken all the state, you cannot think but about democracy, institution, and values. You have to think about moral. You cannot be divided as a society by, by, by left hands or, or right hands. So what we plead... What we back to, the, to, to, to Chavez, it was to go forward to a discussion that it is already um, superior, you say so? superior in the past in other countries. In this country, in Europe, in Russia, they are not this arguing about communism on cap or capital capitalism. They are looking some medias to go forward and solve the problems of the people. I want the problems of the people in Venezuela solved. And the problems of the people in Venezuela is violence, exclusion, poverty. Not if you are communist, capitalism, socialist, or liberal. I'm liberal, I, I'm liberal and I have the right to be liberal. But I wouldn't be liberal if, if the liberalism couldn't understand that all the people have the right to be different. I think that's the message, very simple. Um, so we have challenges uh, as, a, as, as, the, as, a, as a social pressure movement. 
We are not a political movement uh, in, in all the time of the, of the world in, because we are not running for, for public, uh, public um, offices. Yeah, we are not running for offices. We are running for democracy and liberty. That's all. So we are a public pressure group, if you, if, if you want to, to call us like that. So as a public pressure group, we have very important challenges. The one, uh, maybe the most important is to pre present to, to, the, to our generation, to the youthness in Venezuela, a new face of, of the political debate. We want not to fight. We are tired to fight in Venezuela, tired. We have 10 years fighting against Chavez. And, you, and people in Venezuela doesn't fall, will not follow losers. We don't want more losers in Venezuela that goes crying for all the continent against Chavez, and Chavez is bad, and Chavez is making this country go into the hell. I don't want to follow more losers in Venezuela. So I want to show another option, the option of future, the option of building a democracy, not, uh, not rebuilding a democracy, not going back, going forward. Going forward because I'm, I'm 23 years old and, the, and my companions are 23 or 25 or 20 years old and we don't have to be attached to the 40 years that Chavez called the Cuarta República. We are not have to be attached to the past. I am not doomed to the past. And people in Venezuela are not doomed to the past. Our destiny, our destiny is the future, the opportunity, the possibility, the fight against populism that don't believe in people capabilities. I believe in my country. I believe in, in the youth of my country. And I believe in the chavistas and, the and, the, and in the oppositors. I believe in the possibility that build a democracy in Venezuela that includes both sides, because I am not going to kill Chavistas, and I hope the Chavistas do not kill the opposition. Venezuela as a country cannot be defined just by Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez is one man of 26 million men that lives and have the pride to be Venezuelan people. I am a Venezuelan, and I am not less nor more than Hugo Chavez. I want you here in Washington and in the world, to define Venezuela because of its possibilities, because of its capabilities, because the future that Venezuela has to, to, to offer to the world, not by Hugo Chavez. Hugo Chavez, it is now the past of Venezuela. It is the present, but the present, a present that very soon it will be le led in the past. So this is the message that the, the, that the student movement has to bring to the United States of America or to other countries, especially to American countries. We are not going to define our possibilities, our system, our politics from Hugo Chavez, nor from the Hugo Chavez existence. We believe in Venezuela as a country. We believe in Venezuela that has more than oil. We believe in a Venezuela that has people, very, very rich in people, and that is the Venezuela in which I believe. The Venezuela of freedom, for be Chavista or, free, or for be Opositor. The Venezuela of freedom to choose the option. The Venezuela of freedom to choose to see RCTV or to see VTV, which is the other company. 
the official company. I want a Venezuela. I want an America. I want a world of opportunities. Because as the, as the, the Chavista said, that a globalization, but not uh, involve the massification of all the behaviors in the world, I say the Chavismo might not involve the massification of all the behaviors in Venezuela. We have to integrate fact, uh, elements in, the, in this modern world so if we want to be a modern world. I love the modernity, and I think the modernity is a goal for all Latin American countries. And, the modernity, and we will find modernity in the, same, in the same sense that we find two things, liberal institutions and those liberal institutions oriented, or oriented to justice, so to social justice. Without social justice, you won't have never liberal institutions. And without liberal institutions, you, you won't have never social justice. So democracy, democracy is a reciprocal, uh, a reciprocal link, linked. You must have, to have democracy, you have to have institutions, and that's the major revolution that you might have in, in, in Latin America, but you, might, but you cannot forgive, and you cannot forget, sorry, the people. So, if I had to choose something to Venezuela, that would be reconciliation. That would be forgiveness. If I have to choose something to Venezuela, I would, I, I would, I would choose unification, not to be equal, because equality it is the denial of humanity, but to, grow, but to grow up in all difference. I respect the difference of President Hugo Chavez, but I swear that I will defend my right to be different than Hugo Chavez, and I will defend that in the streets. With my, other, with my other partners in the student movement, I will defend the opportunity of truth in Venezuela, democracy, because that is the promise, the biggest promise that we, were, that, we, uh, that, that we are making now. Some people say that we don't have a governed plan, and we are, our, our, our speeches are lack of, uh, of sense and uh, a lack of content. And I'm saying, if I were running for presidency, I would have a, a, a plan of government for Venezuela. If I, if I would like to be major, well, I will have the, the plan of government for the, for the municipality. But I'm not. I'm just a social actor. So I just want liberty and democracy. And that is the greatest promise that you might that you might do in Venezuela or in other totalitarian country. You, 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 I have time? No? One minute. Cool. Uh, because you know what? Being against Chavez doesn't make you democrat. Because being, for, being uh, of the opposition in Venezuela doesn't make you a democrat. And that is uh, the, the, the and, and all this uh, system for these ten years of Hugo Chavez in Venezuela have been wrong, because for years the opposition has um, looking forward the unification of forces that are not 
necessarily the necessarily democrat <coughs> and therefore i think they haven't been capable to offer something difficult to something different to population i believe i believe in new structures in venezuela in new political institutions i believe in the renovation of the political structures in venezuela and i believe as chavista said that the past no volverá won't come back. They won't come back. No volverán. And that's true. But I say also, I don't have to stand. I don't have to stand the Chavez totalitarianism either. And there, and there will be a day in which I will say also, no volverán. These times won't come back in Venezuela. Because there is a new generation committed with liberty. And that message has sent to me that message. It is not lack of content. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Jon. Uh, uh, our next speaker is Herbert Torres. He's the uh, senior scientist at uh, Gallup, uh, based here in Washington. He's Venezuelan. He's also a director of an organization, an NGO in Caracas, called Liderazgo y Visión, Leadership and Vision. He's been a consultant to the World Bank. He's worked with the IMF and other organizations. He's been the director of, a, of the Diario de Caracas uh, and has been a professor at the Universidad Central de Venezuela. Please help me welcome Herbert Torres. My intervention lasts only one hour. So, Chavez style. I've been asked to make a few comments on whether Chavez is a threat for the region. And um, that's what I, I, I will try to address here. Um, let me start by reminding you that all socialist communist revolutions are by his own very own nature are expansionist. Communism, socialism, believe in transforming deeply everybody's nature. So this is why they go beyond <coughs> politics. They pretend to affect cultural, social aspects of everybody's life. But also, they try to do it with everybody on the entire world. The assumption is that if you leave someone there that you are not capable of transforming, he will come to you and somehow impede you, create for you problems to become a real socialist or communist society. So if you are a real socialist or communist regime, or if you are just pretending to be one, you have to be expansionist. So the Bolivarian Revolution in Venezuela is obliged to by his own nature, as I said, is obliged to expand throughout the region and, <coughs> if possible, outside the region as well. 
Chavez has counted on four critical elements to expand throughout the region. In the very first place, he has, he has had cultural values, a set of mind, belief in the general population that are favorable to his speech, to his desires and proposals. I'll just quote for you a few of recent findings uh, from Gallup surveys in Latin America. For example, when, when asked how they would consider themselves people throughout the Latin American region, 43% would say that they are more socialist than capitalist, against 19% who would define themselves as more capitalist than socialist. When asked in what direction their countries are moving, 54% think they are moving more socialist than capitalist, against 18% who thinks they are moving more capitalist than socialist. When asked who should run utilities, such as water, electricity, gas. 73% think the public sector, against 18% who thinks it should be the private sector. When asked whether the gap between rich and poor is expanding, 80% think yes, against 15% who say no. There is, there is also room, room, space for anti-imperialist speech uh, when asked if other countries are taking advantage of their natural resources. 80%, 80, say yes, against 12 that say no. So it's a common belief throughout Latin America that somebody else outside your country, foreign interests are taking advantage of your country. So that's the third element he can count on, this state of mind. In the second place, resources. He has counted on a huge amount of money to spend his revolution. Venezuela has received in the last nine years since he is in power $300 billion dollars. $300 billion coming basically from oil, as you know. But it is not only the amount of money he can count on. It's the fact that he can do with it whatever he wants because there is not any kind of institutional restraint, constraint. So he has not institutional, political constraint of any kind to use that money as he pleases. In the third place, he hasn't met any kind of opposition from any distinguished political figure, political leader in the region. He has been lucky enough to be at a moment 
when leadership throughout the region, and I'm afraid throughout the world, is very parochial, very much interested in their own businesses, in their own countries. If you think of the region, if you go from Mexico, Brazil, Chile, Argentina, all of them have been very much concerned about their own countries and not that much, not to the standard it should be about the region destiny. Do you have presidents that do not what do not, don't want to get involved in regional issues and private sectors in the in those countries asking them not to do it either <coughs> because of opportunities for business in Venezuela, which by the way raises an ethical issue here. Many uh, businesses around the region that do not want to create any problem with Venezuela because of business opportunities there. And a fourth element, which I think has to do with us, with people like here, the Ketio Institute, they have a dream. They have a cosmovision. The old one, the communist one, but they have it. So the Chavez and Fidel and Morales and Correa, they have that vision for Latin America. Those leaders, those who believe in freedom, in a different kind of society, we haven't been able to create an alternative vision for, for what Latin America should be and has to be in the future. So with all those elements in his favor, he has been doing a lot. He has made all kinds of interventions. He has helped candidates to win democratically different elections in the regions and then help them, once they've, they've won, to take over all institutions, exporting very successful concepts from Venezuela, like, for example, writing new constitution. He has been helping countries like Cuba, which otherwise would be, you know, dying uh, to survive. Three, four thousand billion, four billion dollars per year is our estimate on, of how much he's helping Cuba with. Um, he has neutralized countries such as Argentina, buying bonds, you know, treasury bonds from Argentina up to five billion dollars so that Argentina doesn't have to go to the IMF and doesn't have to comply with what it demands. He has, of course, been helping irregular movement like FARC in Colombia uh, and other uh, kind of movements throughout the region. So he's been very active throughout the region. And the only good thing I have to say at the very end of, of these comments is that fortunately for us, the revolution, the Bolivarian revolution is fading itself where it started in Venezuela. It's fading because it's not viable. It's not sustainable. It has been sustainable until now because of the oil revenue. It can, it can to some extent, support one country's revolution and at the most two. 
But there is no way that with those resources we'll be able to sustain socialist regimes in many different countries throughout the region. So as we see the end of the revolution down there in Venezuela, we most likely will see the end of his threats throughout the region. Thank you. Thanks very much. We have time for questions and answers. If you uh, have a question, please raise your hand and wait for the microphone. Identify yourself and uh, identify yourself and your affiliation. Uh, the first question up here uh, in the front row, please. Wait for the wait for the microphone, please. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll fix the microphone. Okay, está prendido? I will shout. Uh, you let me know if you can hear me or not. Use this um, microphone. I'm, uh, I, I think both uh, Herbert Torres and, and Mr. Corcocho and Mr. Corrales have made excellent points. Mm -hmm. And we must break hope for freedom and democracy in the Venezuelan near future. Uh, the real issue that I see is not that you do not have an economic or political platform other than freedom. I think that is terrific. It's a simple message. It is a powerful message. What I think is necessary is a constitutional review. It's something that, that I think that's necessary around the world. Uh, the world needs alternative constitutional frameworks that these emerging democracies or not democracies can, can analyze and decide on the basis of their idiosyncrasies what is the optimal political Magna Carta for each of these countries, whether it should be participatory, whether it should be parliamentary or, or not. Let's keep and the question short. short I forgot to say are that. Are you thinking of writing an alternative Magna Carta for Venezuela? Well, um, <clears throat> that's a great uh, question because I am almost a lawyer and, and, my, and, and my passion is constitutional uh, law. So I would say that we have a, ter uh, a terrific constitution in terms, of, uh, in terms of rights. The Bill of Rights of the Venezuelan constitution is one of the best, I, I, I would say, in the world. The thing is that the Constitution is composed by two things, the Bill of Rights and the public structure to make those rights possible or to make those rights real to, for the life of people. I think in that, other, in, in that other part, the Constitution of Venezuela will not satisfy the necessities of the society in, the, in, the, in terms of the structure of the state. Yes, we have to, uh, since my point of view, we have to make a, a review of that, of that constitution. And you remember something that Octavio Paz said, some, Octavio Paz is the same writer, casually, that, that, that uh, they, they, Gustavo mentioned before, that las constituciones, I will translate it after, las constituciones en América Latina a menudo sirven para vestir a la moderna vestigios del pasado. The constitution in, Amer in Latin America are um, frequently used to um, 
make make it appear modern uh, past uh, remains, something like that, right? Dresses it up, but it keeps the, the past very present. Yeah. So I, I think that the Venezuelan constitution has um, a lot of that. And I think that, yes, it is uh, necessary a review. But a review of the constitution, it is just one part of the problem, because the other part of the problem has to do with social conditions, with political actions, and with uh, political behaviors that with constitution and without constitution won't be uh, uh, wouldn't be so different for example if you have a good constitution but you have bad justice administration it's like you don't have a constitution at all so the problem in venezuela it's more wide than a problem of the constitutionality or the the the, the constitution that we have but yes it is necessary a review since my point of view thank you i, I just wanted to add something Uh, what supports constitutions are humans, human beings, persons. If you heard what Mr. Torres said, you can find out how our people think, um, what is our idiosyncrasy. We have to change and transform the person, the human. That's the first thing to do. Because if you, today, you go to Venezuela, you will find out that they might believe we need a, a, a strong state and, you know, somebody who comes and the state has to support people. And the first thing to do before everything, because we have to change the constitution, we have to change the state, we have to change many things. But the first thing is to change the human being. And it is not a rhetorical thing that I'm saying. We have to go to the communities, we have to go to the universities, we have to go to the schools, which is what we are doing. I know it's a long-term uh, work, but it's the, 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 the problem in, Venezuelan, in Venezuela is very deep. And we have to do the, the, the most difficult and long-term job which is to change humans to change venezuelans and then will everybody will agree with the change of constitution structure and many things right yeah we'll take a question right here oscar echevarria global span after the referendum revocatorio of 2004 and more so after hausman study everybody believed that it was electronic fraud yeah. why did it happen this time Well, that's a good question too, uh, because allow me to, to express our opinion about the electoral system in Venezuela. I think that there is no electronic fraud. Uh, I think that that is false. And that is something that, uh, that feed the, the opposition in Venezuela and feed the, the failure of the opposition in the creation of a new message for people. But that doesn't mean that there is not an electoral fraud in Venezuela. Are, there is an electoral fraud in Venezuela. When the state uses their, the state resources to make a campaign, there are, electoral, uh, uh, there are, uh, are in not, there isn't correct to say that the, the electoral system, it is totally uh, believable in Venezuela when, five, when four of the five members are identified with the government Uh, they say it publicly. 
of course we cannot believe in an electoral system in in an um, electoral system in Venezuela when we have not access to the padrón electoral. I don't know how to say that. To the registry. So there are many, many, many things that are not clear in electoral system. And the fact that the electoral system, it is incapable to, pre, pre, uh, to be presented as trustable, as a trustable system to the population, just the fact of the doubt, it is a fraud. Because how many people does not go goes to vote because they are doubt, because they have doubts? about the electoral system. How many people stay at home and, and, and don't participate because they have no trustable institutions? Beside of the public campaigns that are totally supported by, by, the, 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 public, by the public resources. So in Venezuela, yes, there, are, there is a, a, an electoral fraud, but the electoral fraud, it is far more complicated than the electronic uh, trick to to change votes. I think a question right there. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for... She, she's, she's bringing... The, you need to talk into the microphone, please. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Natalie Fanny. I work for the Venezuelan Information Office. And actually, I think I have a lot in common with you. I also was part of the UN, uh, <laughs> UN Forum in Harvard University, so probably the better you. Um, so my quick comment, and I actually had to say before I start that I agree with many of the things that you actually say. Or you do, but you say. Um, but I do want to make some a couple of things clear, if I may. Very quick. Keep trust short, trust me. Very quick. Um, I agree with you when you said that Chavez is not Venezuela. I mean, I totally agree with that be just because about 60% of Venezuelans like me support President Chavez. So just to say that he's the only one, it's just a big mistake. And I'm really happy you cleared that out. The other thing that I wanted to say is regarding your comment on, on poverty. I totally agree with you, everything that you said regarding poverty. But just keep in mind that when Chavez came to power, Venezuela was 43% of Venezuelans were under poverty. Right now, the numbers have come down to 31%. So there's a lot of room improvement there, whether you like it or not. Just the fact that people have health care for free is a huge advancement that not even in the United States we have it. Okay. The other thing, that the last thing I want to say regarding his comment, Mr. Torres' comment, which I really found very... I was really uh, dismayed when you made your comments because of all the you know, false statements that you had. But remember Colombia and remember Saka. I mean, those are two presidents that have gone beyond their power to go against President Chavez. And used to say that Chavez had the control of the region. That's just not true. So let's just be okay. honest with, with our comments. Um, that's all I'll say. Let, let, let's just comment. No, that's enough. Well, uh, okay. No, no. First of all, I will, I will appreciate... Uh, I mean, I'm very glad to be represented like people intelligent like you. And I'm, I'm sure that if we are a long talk, we will have many things in common. So thank you for coming and, and, and being intelligent representative of my country. But uh, the other thing is that the, the poverty in Venezuela, I, I don't I, I mean, there are different positions about the poverty in Venezuela and if whether the poverty has uh, reduced or increased because uh, you have changed the, the, the base to make that, uh, that statistics. So if you, if you change the base or you change the way to make the statistics, of course, the statistics will be different and will give different results. But the other thing is that um, 
I think Chavez represents the 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 voters, and I I uh, recognize that Chavez is the president of of Venezuela. That's one of the things in where in in where we are agreed. Chavez is the president of Venezuela because we won the elections. But Chavez, what what Chavez cannot do is uh, use the presidency to go further or against the principles of the constitution of the, and the principles of Venezuelan society. Because demo, democracy are two things. Democracy in the moment of the elections, but democracy in the exercise of the, of the charge. And I think Chavez is an, uh, a democracy leader since he has uh, won the elections, but he is not, he is not exercising the power uh, in democ uh, dem democratically. Well, I just want to add one thing. And as a, as a common um, understanding and as a common enseñanza, lesson, we argue, we argue ideas, thoughts, we have arguments. And, and this is for you. I would never call you dishonest, never. I will never go to your personal uh, values. I go, I will always go to your ideas. My dear friend, I really, I, I, I didn't say that we, we didn't have poverty before. I say we, are, we, are have, we have poverty today. I'm looking for today for the, and the future. And I agree a with a lot of things that Mr. Chavez say. A lot. Believe me, a lot. But I don't agree to go against a person. I don't agree to go ag against human beings. I, I try to debate ideas, not personal things. And as you said, you said, you, you said to me and to John, and I don't know if Mr. Torres, but to me, said that I was not honest. You said to me, it is impossible to defend myself against a subjective point of view. To build a country, to reencontrarnos, reconciliate, reconcile. We have to go against arguments, against ideas, against visions. Because you and me are Venezuelans, I believe. I, I don't know if you're Venezuelan, but, and I live there. And we have a common problem. And if you attack me and say that I am a fascist, that I am a whatever, you know, fascist, capitalist, whatever, personal thing, I, th th that dialogue ends. Because how do I defend to subject or, or, or that I am rich <laughs> or I am uh, Indian or whatever? The, the dialogue, the debate, and this is, this is our common problem, sirs, person, uh, people. This is our problem. We try to debate ideas. We try to debate visions. We, I mean, as a movement. We, we try to debate language. We don't want to say he's white, he's black, he's whatever. That's impossible. We will not build a country if we people, I believe, here we have people from the opposition say, well, do you know, they are whatever, monkeys, whatever. No, no, never, never, never. And we will not doubt that. That's okay. Take a question up here, please. 
Let me then please uh, talk about ideas, and especially here in Cato, because it's quite an appropriate place. If we go to the Venezuela PDVSA's webpage today and look at it, we will find an estimate of production for year 2012 that at today's net realizable value means that for each of the 26 million Venezuelans, you could hand them every year a check of $6,500. So, my question to you is, are we a country where 26 million people are going to hand each one of us $6,500 to the government to administer? Or are we a country where each one of the 26 million is going to administer our own $6,500? Which is better for democracy? Which is better for the economy? We are an oil-cursed nation, and to get ourselves out of that oil curse is where we begin. So that's my question. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I believe that is an ideolo ideological uh, matter. Uh, I have my beliefs. I believe that we individuality, individual, have to handle and manage our own our or our own resources. But that is a very deep um, dialogue that we have to do pretty soon today. And I believe we, we, we are having that. Our position, my position, I don't know John's, but my position is, yes, we have to handle ourselves, our big uh, and most important industry. Uh, but we, it, that's me, my point of view. I believe today... We have a problem. No, it is not a problem. It's a, a, a difference with, some, with a lot of people from Venezuela. A lot of people from Venezuela believe, as Mr. Torres said, that it has to be run by the state and whoever, you know. And that's, I would, lo I would love to change that, that point of view. But, as you know, I cannot say, put it like, you know, like Chavez is doing. It has to be like that. No, it has to be, it has to be a dialogue. But I believe he represents today the, the majority. I don't like that, sir. I, I really tell you, I, my point of view is I don't like that point of view. But that's happening. I believe the majority of the country understands that it has to be run by the government, by the state, and, and this disaster. I'm, I'm sorry for my friend from... The, the, who like Chavez? This disaster, the history of the human, the humanity shows us that it has to be run by people, by individuals. I don't know, but you yeah. know, he's the one who who's was. okay. Yeah. No. Well, uh, I think the the questions uh, involves something that which is the question at, at the deeps is the size of the state in Venezuela. I truly believe and firmly believe that the, state, that, that the size of the state in Venezuela has to decrease because the, 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 state, the, the state in Venezuela controls everything and we won't have a, a health society with the society it is totally um, it is a totally slave of the state. So I, I think that uh, the, the oil uh, politic or the petroleum oil, uh, politics of Venezuela has to be reviewed. I don't think that the, 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 to privatize, privatize, you say that? To privatize all the oil industry is a solution. I don't think so. But I think that the, the people 
has the right to administrate their own resources uh, from the oil industry. Yes, Alfonso. Thanks. We have time for just two uh, more quick questions and quick answers in the back on the left there. John, I am Felipe Valencia Dongo. I am Peruvian. I am the director general of Grupo Convergencia in Peru. This is a group of youth students, university students that want to involve Peruvian youth and to, to discuss, to get involved with the Peruvian, uh, to get an active role in, um, in the society. So, as you know, in year 2011, we have a big challenge in Peru, that is that Ollanto Mala is an anti-system candidate and he, can, he has a very good probability of being elected. I want to ask you that, taking into account your experience, what do you recommend to us Peruvians so that in year 2011, Peruvian youth has a common goal and doesn't choose to, as we say in Spanish, um, patear el tablero or an anti-system candidate? Thank you. Um, fight against populism with honest, uh, with, with, uh, with honest heart. That is recognized poverty, but recognize that poverty it is uh, uh, it, it is a situation, not a condition of the human being. I think if 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 our countries uh, denies poverty and denies ex exclusion, we will have several Chavez or Ollanto Malas in the continent. But if we fight against poverty with uh, with coherent pol uh, politics and with hard with, with with new symbols with new messages and with opportunities and with hope for our people we will save our countries of that uh, totalitarianism that suppose the populism that since my point of view the uh, this kind of revolutions uh, brings to to our continent yeah. a, a quick question here yeah. it's very short Just one very short recommendation. I would advise you to follow very closely what is happening in Venezuela. So you have the advantage of us going, you know, um, in front of you. And by seeing what is happening there and, and how, you know, basic uh, democratic institutions have been uh, destroyed and some other consequences of the, these regimes, then I think uh, you will have a, a stronger case. Uh, to convince people not to repeat, not to do the same. And last one, last one. Get a message, organize, organize. It's vital. Organize yourself inside the country and act. Your action has to be uh, an example of, of your principle, but organize, vital, organize. I would like to have your card in the Peru. Oh, okay. uh, question right here. Gustavo Coronel, just a very brief comment uh, on John. Uh, your message I agree with. Uh, one suggestion I would have is that don't break so strongly as you have suggested today, don't break so strongly with the past. Yeah, yeah. Long before you were born, there, were, there was a Venezuela you could be very proud of. No, no. So uh, it, it is as damaging to exercise uh, historical exclusion 
as it is the social ex exclusion you are fighting against. Thank you, thank you very much. That, that, that was why I, uh, I uh, correct my words when I said 50 years of exclusion because I think the, the past... Um, The past regime in Venezuela, let's say the Cuarta República, if, if we want to put it in, in modern terms, um, uh, had many advances. Uh, uh, overall, in the, f in the first 20 years in Venezuela, in which w we achieved democracy and we achieved uh, the, the institutionalization of state that, that exists. Institutionalization? No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Of states. And, and I, I know that there are many things, um, Uh, f to be proud of of the of the past and as as there are many things to be proud of the present because when you think in 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 the participation of uh, in in politic participation of the low classes you think well this is something that Chavez made and Chavez did it very well but in general terms i i i feel i have the, the the it is my point of view that the last 20 years of the past regime were terrible terrible and the 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 um, the exclusion during that period was terrible and it is worth to mention it but i know that the things are not white and black thank you so don't exclude the older generations young i'm afraid that we've run out of time i want to thank all of you for joining us and especially our venezuelan friends for coming here today